0: You can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike.
1: Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 9 this morning is where we're at as we go through the Bible verse by verse and we're in a message titled Power. It says here in verse 1, Then he called the 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And I can imagine that these guys have been absolutely blown away at all that Jesus was able to do. And I'm pretty sure they had no idea that what he would suggest at this point. Okay, you guys come to me. I'm going to give you now power to heal diseases, to raise the dead, to cast out demons. It's interesting when you get unexpected power. You know, I, I remember this happened to my son not too long ago. We were driving along and I said, Hey, we're, we're going to go to this parking lot. I'm going to let you drive. Oh, well, he he'd never driven before, but he had his permit, he just got it, and we were getting ready to we hired somebody to come and it was gonna be a couple weeks before they came and so I figured he probably should get the pedals figured out and you know, maybe get a feel for the steering before he just jumps behind the wheel and this poor lady has to deal with all that. So I figured I'm gonna take him to the parking lot and I'm gonna let him sit in the driver's seat. And he's like, Really? And I was like, don't make me change my mind, you know? <laughs> and so I get out and I get over there. I didn't realize how much I was taking my life in my hands. You know, you're thinking of Argyle, it's probably but he couldn't figure out the pedals at first and he was trying to do both at the same time with both feet. And I, I finally got him, you know, to where it was halfway decent. He kind of figured out what he was doing so that it wasn't such a tragedy when he got in, into the car. But it, but sometimes it is it's unexpected power. When it's given to somebody, they don't realize what it's going to mean for them. And, and and maybe when we read this, we think to ourselves, wow, wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be cool just to be given power as Jesus' disciple? And, and yet, you have been. <laughs> it has been given to you. At least it's been promised to you. Remember what jo- Jesus said, and this is probably the most outrageous verse of all the things that jesus said and he said a lot of outrageous things when we think about ourselves and, and our relationship to him but in john chapter 14 verse 12 this is what he said most assuredly i say to you he who believes in me the works that i do he will do also and greater works than these he will do because i go to my father Now, during this time, he's been talking about the Holy Spirit who's going to come, he's going to empower them, and and then he says something like this. Now, I, I will say that a better translation may be, rather than he who believes in me, and some translations get this right, but a better translation might be, he who trusts in me. He isn't talking about all those who are his believers and followers. Obviously, we look at the life of many Christians, and we don't see any power whatsoever displayed within their lives. But I think he's saying, those who trust in me, those who venture out in faith, those who seek him, and put themselves out there to do the impossible, will do the things that he does, and even greater things. You know, I don't, I don't think that we we necessarily think of ourselves that way. But this is what Jesus has said, and yet you look at the lives of some Christians, not many, but some Christians. Of course, Jesus only had three and a half years to do all his miracles, but there have been Christians who have done and seen amazing things in their life by the power of the Holy Spirit as they trusted Jesus. And so notice it says, verse 2, it says he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And so Jesus sends these guys out. And I want you to notice something. He didn't send them home to sit on their couches and watch their big screen TVs. He didn't even tell them, you know, hey, here's a, here's a tile. I want you to put this outside your house. Healings happen here. You know, come and get healed. He didn't, he, No, know, he sent them out into, into the community, into the neighborhoods, into the towns, and, and they had to venture out. You know who most often gets to experience God do the supernatural? And I'm not saying you can't sit home and see God do the supernatural. I mean, it happens. You know, you can pray and you can see God do amazing things. But you know who gets to see it most often? Those who venture out. Those who, who sign up for the Cherry Festival and stand out there and talk to people about Jesus. Those who go on the mission trip. Those who actually get off of their couch and make the trip and make the journey. And yeah, it's hard. But when we do that and we venture out and we step out in faith, or we invite the stranger into our home, or the orphan, or the widow. We get to see God do miracles. Because it's not in the luxury of the Christian life that we experience those things, it's in the adventure of the Christian life that we experience those things. As we venture out to do those things, God meets us in the impossibilities. I I love that. Have have you ever said, ah, yeah, I thought about doing that. Man, it's just so hard. That's where Jesus likes to meet us, in the hard right? You know, and they say, you know, God won't give you anything that you can't handle, right? And yet the truth is, is actually God gives you, every time God gives you something, it is oftentimes impossible. I want you to go do this. I want you to go do that. Don't, don't you realize that even even the most mundane thing, like if you felt like the Holy Spirit said, I want you to go talk to that person about me, he's asking you to do something impossible. Oh yeah, you can say some words. But what good are your words if the Holy Spirit does not infuse them? If the Holy Spirit does not work in the person's life? Only Jesus, only the Holy Spirit can bring new life. And so we set out as Christians on a journey with no power, no inability in ourselves, but as we venture out, we believe Him for the empowering of the Holy Spirit. For the empowering of the Holy Spirit to do the work that He's called us to do. Otherwise. It's absolutely pointless. Remember, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you bear much fruit. Without me, you can do nothing. And so that would be the case with the disciples here. They had nothing. They had no power. And he gives them power. In this moment, in this time, he gives them power to cast out demons to heal the sick. And they go from town to town and do just that. Now, this would just be a temporary thing for them at that moment. But later he would say, I want you to wait for me in Jerusalem after the resurrection. And they'd finally go and they'd sit in Jerusalem. They'd be there for 10 days. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, the Holy Spirit fell on that place and cloven tongues of fire lit on each one of them. And they went out from that place as the place was shaken and a great noise of a mighty rushing wind drew a crowd. They went out and they began to proclaim the glorious works of God in other languages, languages they did not know, glossielia, tongues. They began to speak the glorious works of God. And all these people who gathered around heard the good news, this glorious works of God, in their own languages. And of course, Peter then begins to preach to them, and 3,000 people get saved on that day. And it wasn't much later that, that Peter and John would go up to the temple and they'd see the man at the gate, beautiful, and they'd pray for him or they'd say, you know, silver and gold, we don't have but what we have, we give you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. So I guess they didn't really pray for him, but they just commanded him. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And the guy gets up and he walks and he leaves. He praises God. He's, he's there in the temple. Everybody saw him and 5,000 people get saved. It's the work of God. It's not something that, and and Peter would even say it's not because of some magnificence on my part that this man is whole before you but because of Jesus. It's not that I have money to give you or anything to give you but Jesus has this for you he told the man. Now, that caused some trouble for them with the religious leaders and of course they they would finally get arrested and they'd get beaten and they'd be put in jail. But then they get let out of jail and they'd be back in, right in, back in the temple preaching again. And so then they'd rest them again and they'd bring them before the Sanhedrin, this court, uh, a council, and they would threaten them. Don't speak in this man's name anymore. And you remember what they did. They went back to their, their home. They're back to their place. And all the same people that were in Acts chapter two once again gathered together, probably in the same upper room. And then they're they quoting Psalm 2 and the threats of these guys against the Lord and against His anointed. And and then this was their prayer. In Acts chapter 4, verse 29, you say this, Now, Lord, look at their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they prayed, the place where they assembled together was... Notice this, shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. It's my opinion that we do not have because we do not ask. We do not have because we don't go. And oftentimes we we live powerless Christian lives because we just don't expect God to do anything. But these guys who had been doing and they had been going and they, then they were persecuted for it, they still went back and they prayed and they said, God, don't let this get us down, fill us with boldness. And notice what they prayed, that signs and wonders would be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And, and that's what they were expecting. They expected God to do great things as they went out and preached the gospel, as they went out and told about him.